Broadcasting live from New York City, City, it's the J-Word Podcast. The podcast that covers everything from millennial struggles to the iconic poppin' topics with your host, Jason Price. What's going on, J-Word fam? I hope that you're having an amazing day. Welcome back to another episode of the J-Word Podcast. Later in today's show, we're going to be talking about Wendy Williams, Axe J, and I also have two shows that I'm recommending, so make sure that you guys stay tuned. Today, we're going to be discussing business and creativity with two of my favorite people, Teron Grant, who's a beast when it literally comes to everything with business and innovation. He's recently just made it to Buffalo's Business First Under 30 list. Alongside Nubia Hill, she's a spoken word poet, graphic designer, and author of The Cures in the Kitchen, Recipes for the Textured Scalp. Just a little fun fact about the two, Nubia and Tehran are newly engaged, so congratulations to you guys and welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Hello, hello. That was one hell of an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I want to know us. <laughs> <laughs> the people do too. Well, welcome. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you for having us. Yes, of course. So for having us. I'm excited. Same here. Um, so I want to do a, a check-in with you guys. How are you guys doing? I know it's been a hectic day and stuff like that, but how are you guys doing? Um, today's good. Like hectic, but good hectic. Like, you know, stress, but good stress. Right, so right. Happening. Today was a day of new journeys, growth, and just wiping the slate clean. Mm. Yeah, I'll say on my side, it's been more so like a uh, like I have a good problem, but just in the process of just buying this kind of first property, just trying Congrats. to play general contractor. So it's just been yeah. like kind of learning new things, but it's, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations on that. That's so amazing. Thank you. So I wanted to talk about um, Blackfire Clothing, you know, the line that you guys have together, you know, just how it came about and what the story is behind it. Long story short, <laughs> Blackfire Clothing was birthed originally out of a combination of frustration and innovation. Mm. So you go to your college, you go there, you want to rep your college, you want to go into the um into the college store to get, you know, some some nailia. You want to get something right. with the actual um school's name on it, like something that looks good, you know? And when that's the experience that I wanted. And when I went into our bookstore, <laughs> when I went into our bookstore at Buff State, I said, this is nothing but desert. This is dry. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I ended up buying one thing that mm-hmm. was $75 and it oh, was wow. a pair of black shorts with- Shorts, that's it. Yes, black shorts with Buffalo State written in bold white letters. That's it. That just sounds like a terrible combination. It was awful. It was, it was like, (laughs) I mean, I was going to make it cute for me, but it was was terrible because I'm like, the stuff is tasteless. It's bland. It's not appealing to the eye. Right. And it's overpriced. I can do this. I can do better than this. And yeah, you definitely can. (laughs) And you did. Like I'll jump in it then like me and Mm -hmm. Newton. Like I was venting, I came back yeah. to his room and vented about it in light bulb. Was, <laughs> in that light bulb, we just felt like, all right, let's just try to do something better. Let's, it, I wouldn't even necessarily say in a business sense. It was just like, all right, let's just put something out and just try to sell it. So then, like, we kind of made that initial design, and we just really 
pushed it out on campus. Um, and I remember like the first one we put out there didn't really pop. It was kind of simple, just saying like bus state. Um, I think that was the one that I, mm-hmm. I just like, I tried to design, just try to push out there. Then like newbie kind of stepped in. Mm-hmm. We had our more second design, the one that most people kind of know. And then, and then yeah. we really pushed that out. And I remember I even had like professors that told me like, oh, you, like you need, like you should stop it now. Like business professors saying stop it now. Mm. Uh, the college is gonna sue you or like it's not gonna like kind of progress forward and it really just took selling it to the point where like the president saw it um mm. conway and she liked it um that kind of helped us get a meeting with the president um cabinet remember at the time it was dr uh, duran yeah and she liked it and she she put us in, in oh, contact yeah, she had with us the, have a meeting with um the dean of students oh wow yeah and then like that put us in contact with the uh person in, in finance that uh, oversee the licensing for bus mm-hmm. state and that person brokered us into barnes and nobles because even at first mm-hmm. barnes and nobles didn't want to they seen us as competition yeah um, <laughs> oh wow so it was it was a lot of overcoming that had to happen they but, was dry but <laughs> <laughs> when it kind of all came together we were able to like kind of push through and show it on campus become fully licensed and kind of get into barnes and nobles yeah. Oh, that's really yeah, dope, right? Vendors and partners with Barnes and & Noble was able to be the actual, um, oh goodness, what is the professional version of the word plug? Like we were their supplier, <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we know, seriously, we did the foot and ground work, seriously. Mm. So when it came to, okay, they wanted the design, we got it printed at Identity Inc. Actually, we got it printed at Identity, uh, this it's a um a screen printing store in Buffalo on Elmwood. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we would go there, re-up every however many months or so and provide bus state with but it. But I'll even say even before that, I remember like we were making those designs. Yeah, we didn't sell the design to them. It was but, ours. But even outside oh, of the ink, we were before we started using identity ink locally, oh, oh, we, we used OO shirts, like an online website that like the quality was pretty like marginal then even like having mm-hmm. to, to the get through the issue of the bad supplies so i remember using the guy in queens oh, yeah. the guy in queens, like, terrible <laughs> so, like it's just it was just a process of like like i said oh, a lot of, a lot of overcoming and just dealing with people interpersonal mm-hmm. skills to just really be able to like create a quality product yeah Ooh. trial and error so walk me through i guess I'm, oh, you know, you ranting, I'm over it. Let's, you know, go and do this. Like, what was that process? Like, I know you talked about it a little bit, but what was it? I know you mentioned, you know, there are professors that said, hey, you shouldn't go on this business venture. And a lot of people that kind of, you know, discouraged you on your journey. What mm-hmm. helped you keep going and to push forward? Well, professors were saying that after we had started the journey already, like we gained notoriety rather quickly Mm. because there was nothing like, like not to toot our own horns, but there was nothing like that in the bookstores yet. Like it was something that was young. It was fresh. It, it, it made you feel prideful in your school. Like, yeah, yo, this me right here, this buff state, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, um, as far as like the steps, the process, Tehran was the businessman. He figured out the copywriting, the licensing, mm. um, getting the legal side of it. Me, I was design. Like I'm the aesthetic. What yeah. colors are what color um, shirts are we going to put this on? What colors are we going to use for this particular design? We did have a, another graphic designer help us with that initial design, and then I took it and worked on it. So yeah, and then from there, 
we literally just said, okay, we have our business plan. Shout out to Tehran for writing the business plan. We so, have our business plan. We have our pitch. We mm-hmm. have our um, design now. Okay. What do we want to put this on? Let's find some crew neck shirts. We threw some, and we threw the design on there and said, okay, let's buy a sample batch and let's just start literally selling out of our backpacks in the union. Mm. I could, so I can speak a little bit. It was like drug dealers. (laughs) (laughs) For the campus shirts. Yeah, we literally, I remember during bagel polls, we had the big bag, like selling selling the t-shirts out the bag. Like like, We weren't allowed to have a table for something like that. No, we were literally on the corners, like in the corners of the 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 building, selling these. Like we had certain friends that already bought them, come Mm -hmm. and wear them in the union that day stand with us like kind of like modeling next to us like hey we have right these. on the side so it's low key exactly <laughs> what's, your, what's your name what's your size like what's mm-hmm. up <laughs> yeah, like, i double down to the like on my side what really kind of pushed me forward was with it and just like really understanding the risk was that like in my mind worst case scenario the school would say cease and desist mm. like my the way how I thought about it is that like it would look so crazy if like Buff State just decided to sue their own student for like <laughs> right. final but I wouldn't be surprised brand. yeah and create pride so like it was just one of those mm-hmm. things that like like there's a double edged sword it's kind of like all right like they choose to sue us like they'll lose in that process too so like all right if they just tell us to stop then like we'll stop like it like it is what it is right. so that kind of helped mitigate that risk and like I said really on my side of it where I just honed in my time and intentional with mm-hmm. sales because like I just realized with a lot of things the the more you sell it just like it it helps to continue to just validate it um mm-hmm. it just grows that larger audience and just like let's let's administrators see that like all right there there's an audience for this kind of going back to I'm pretty sure if we didn't try to sell through first mm-hmm. before we approached the school that Bronze and Nova seen it they would have automatically just knocked it down they would have it just wouldn't have looked real it would have looked like ah we could care less ah you can't do this but because we had sales yeah, we had and we had a track and we had oh, a track wow. record mm-hmm. that kind of helped just really open doors that probably would have never opened before. And, and on top of that, like we were mm-hmm. a little bit like different. You hear things like it, uh, business professors saying, oh, you, you should cut this out. The school is going to sue you. Da, 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 da. You hear these kind of things and the average person would get nervous and they actually make right. it motivated us. Like now nah, we must be doing something <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We must be doing something right because at the end of the day, professors, you are not our audience. Right. You are not the person exactly. that we're selling to. You are not our ideal clientele. We have seen literally what our slogan was for Black Fire was for the students, by the students, mm. period. Period. Because in like, uh, we used to say, listen, we understand by the end of November of that first semester, you're out of bangle bucks, you out of retail, you broke. Right. Like, right. You can't you cannot afford what the school is offering you to show pride in your in university. School. Right. So with that being said, we're going to provide you with something that is cute as hell. We're going to provide you with something that is cute as hell and cost effective that mm-hmm. won't break your pockets and you can get more than one in different colors if you want it to, you know? Right. And it's by people that want the same thing as you. How did you like have the knowledge early on to do this the proper way? Because, you know, for you, Teron, you knew the 
business steps to take. You knew, you know, I have to do A, B, and C, and D to have the proper pitch. I have to get all of these things, you know, together, you know, in order for this to be done the proper way. So did you guys, were you guys reading up on things before, you know, initially starting to get this together or was it just trial and error or a little Google and YouTube here and there? So I'll say it, it was a mix. It, I'll say it's a mix of three. One, beginning with N in mind. We were learning two, as we went. Two, just researching. And then really three was trial and error. Like So like really starting on the first part of it, just beginning with the end in mind, like when when we kind of first, even the initial pieces of like when that idea hit newbie, we was like, all right, let's just try to sell it. Like thinking end in mind wise, my end goal really always like from the beginning was like, all right, we gotta get this this into somewhere that that it would succeed our times kind of currently at, at Buffalo State. Cause we understood like our time. Mm-hmm. Our time is fixed. You're in there four years, you leave. Like it's right. <laughs> if there, it's not a place you plan on lingering forever. So like in my mind, it was more so, all right, where can we put this that will continue to be here? Like along with the school, like Buff- mm-hmm. Buffalo State's been there for a hundred years, over a hundred years. It's going to be there for like over another hundred years. How could we integrate ourselves in, in a way that could be systematic? Um, and just Barnes and Nobles was always kind of that, that end goal. And like I said, initially we didn't approach them because mm-hmm. we knew if we try to take that bottom up approach, it wouldn't work. We had to start top then down, like find our way right. to the highest kind of decision makers to be able to buy in before they would kind of play play ball. And like I like I've created um just like entities before. So like creating the entity piece of it like really wasn't hard. And to be honest, I think for like most other kind of business people starting their ventures, you could always find someone that could like create the create your entity or like get your EIN and just kind of mm-hmm. these other things. The hardest part really most of the times is sales and, tra- and traction, like really building up that momentum and keeping, keeping that as a keeper, keeping that momentum right. to be able to like drive you through. Like when, like I said, the first time, the first batch we put up, it just didn't, it didn't work out like, like, like that. Like we could have easily just kind of threw in the towel, but we sold it enough to be able to use that money to, create the second batch which sold like hot fire mm-hmm. so oh. it's really just putting that time commitment and energy in with the end in mind by understanding that like hey you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes you got certain things you're just gonna have to figure out kind of why you're going like even even down to the Barnes and nobles like mm-hmm. i didn't learn about like net 30 which is just a simple way of saying that like hey um a vendor or whoever you sold to is going to pay you in 30 days. I didn't realize that mm. when we first made our yeah. live order to Barnes and Nobles, we thought like, right, <laughs> where's we, the we check? Should, yeah, we, we was like, oh, we should get this <laughs> check for these racks to like garnish we supplied you. And, but honestly, these are the things that could throw a small business under. Right. Like, thank, like, thank God that like we, we had kind of friends and family that was able to like do some initial just like funding, like for those larger orders. Mm-hmm. When Barnes and Nobles, when we didn't know that, like, hey, it takes 30 days for a check to come. So mm-hmm. you got to be able to pay for your inventory. Right. Put it out there. Wait 30 days before you get a check. Um, it could it creates cash cash flow issues. But like I so said, these are things that small businesses face that they don't know kind of going into these larger vendors. And like, I'm pretty sure it applies to like the Walmarts and other ones. Like, all right, you get yourself into a big box office, not realizing that sometimes it could even be net 60. Like it could take two months, mm-hmm. three months for you to get a check. And all this inventory you just created or paid for, you, you got to pay for it. So, like, it's it's trial and error. Um, but, like I said, I think it's one of the greatest teachers. Like, I've right. learned more 
really what what black fire that i've kind of learned through just like the four years of just kind of really traditional um mm -hmm. business uh class kind of teaching because it's just sometimes you just need that trial by fire you just kind of learn it as you go how did you guys balance your classes a relationship and building and maintaining a brand like throughout the whole time okay i'll speak on this one so first off <laughs> black fire officially the the idea and the creation phase mm -hmm. got started in november of 2013 and okay? was that your freshman year was that your yes. sophomore year that was freshman year oh wow now me and Teron did not officially start dating until January of 2015. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, we, the said, people need we the story. In, as far as like the business goes and mm -hmm. school goes and business, uh, school goes, and then the actual um, relationship, we, lo on the lowest of the keys, I don't know how people just do college in general and balance in general. Because <laughs> right. all of us, not just us, like all of our friends. We were wilding. I don't know how we were even able to wake up for class. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So, and oh my gosh, I was taking so many classes that year. Like, oh, that, oh my gosh. Like I went to the maximum amount that you can take per semester. Oh my God. But with that being said, I had to learn. And it took me years to learn this, even into mm -hmm. adulthood. There, was, there wasn't as much balance then. It's kind of just a... I'll explain what I had to learn in two seconds, I promise. But there wasn't um, that much of a balance then. It was more so just, a, okay, need to get this done. Oh, snap, I have an open moment. I can get it done right now. So with that being said, it wasn't really like carving out time. It's a, okay, I can do it. If I can do it now, I'm gonna do it right now um, right. kind of thing. So it's, this is what I had to learn. Just because it is your free time mm -hmm. does not mean that you have to use that for everything else outside of yourself. Mm. That's what I had to learn. Like, you know how like somebody will ask you, well, when are you free? And you tell them your own personal time, like after work mm. or on the weekends. Right, At that time, right. that's just on time now. That's right. Nubia time, that's Tehran time. So if you're telling them like your full hours, well, yeah, I'm completely free. Like not thinking about your sleep schedule, not thinking right, about- right. Yeah, not thinking about or... you pampering yourself or whatever. Yeah, self-care. It's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. But as far as like maintaining it, it was within our relationship, within school and within the business, it was always, oh gosh, I hate that I'm about to use this word, but it was always entangled. I hate August Alcina for ruining I that know, word. I know, I just thought about Jada. <laughs> At her oh table. my gosh but it was always entangled so yeah the unique thing about me and Tehran's relationship is that we lived in the same building we lived on the same floor our friends ran in the same circles now like. we had different majors but we ran we pretty much were already always around each other so we can talk about business simultaneously while talking about our friendship and then eventually our our relationship it was always like you can shut it off shut it back on really quick so it was always entangled true and i do like i said i appreciate how we were able to create certain solids for certain things yeah to be able to turn on and off i think a lot of times that that creates issues like even just with like with some people in this family business yes. and other things just so, not knowing how to turn ooh, it off and on. let me say this real quick i'm so sorry mm -hmm. to cut you off 
this, this is why I said entangled and not blended. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. So some of our things, they may have been, what's the word I'm looking for? Parallel. So a lot right. of what we were doing, it ran parallel. Bless you. Um, it ran oh, parallel, but it was not in, in blended. It was mm-hmm. not blended. So with that being said, I wasn't, when we were talking about business in regards to Black Fire, I wasn't coming to Tehran as girlfriend um, Nubia. Right, right. This is business partner Nubia. And we had to make that differentiation very early on. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, and even mm-hmm. in our relationship now, we always keep the friendship first because that's where the respect level comes in. That's where you don't cross certain boundaries. Even right, if you're right. discussing business, you always have to respect respect me and respect him as a friend. Right. So, yeah. So do you guys think that starting a business is as hard as many make it seem like many think it's like this daunting, you know, task, I guess, due to the various like layers of it? Anything that you want to do well is work regardless. Mm -hmm. But as far as whether it is hard, I guess is what your definition of hard is. You know what I mean? So it's as hard or as easy or as good or as bad as you make it. It's what mindset you bring to it. And I throw on top of it as well. Like, it depends what you're trying to do as, as well. I think a lot of people just starting a business as well. I mean, like, it's something I noticed, like, when I was formerly, like, in a corporate capacity, that's helping startups and just another thing as well. Like, mm-hmm. All the time, people make their ideas. Like, it's great to have grand ideas. It truly is. It's a beautiful thing. But sometimes you really have to figure out how to break it down in the, into smaller, just, like, kind of victories. Mm-hmm. And just just Bible sizes, and also right, too, right. just like really, really niching it down. Like, but like I said, it depends on what you're doing. Like, if you're if you're trying to create like a traditional brick and mortar store, you have a lot more risk. And you you have a it's just a lot more risk that's 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 entailed with it because like all right, like you got you got a lease space, you got utilities, which mm-hmm. is probably going to be right. like some sort of lease that's attached to that, yeah. like. You have a lot more risk of things potentially going wrong. Whereas, like I, you could just start off like trying to sell a product, like like kind of like where how most people go, like I mm-hmm. go to social media, put something that's cool out there, and try to try to see if you could create create an audience, or find an audience that you think might might be similar, and micro test it. Like I think micro testing micro testing ideas is one of the most valuable ways to just like really go about starting it through to make sure that like. You're not burning through your cash because like nine out, right. nine out of ten businesses fail. Like it's just it's just the realness of it. Like it's it's not sweet. <laughs> it, ain't, yeah. it ain't easy. But yeah, like definitely. but like the rewards could be could be beautiful. Like when you could truly blossom something out of it that like people actually want and you find you identify the group of people. Nine out of ten of your businesses are going to fail. Right. Like you just have to keep trying because that ten that's gonna be the one. Like it can happen. <laughs> exactly. But seriously, it's literally pick yourself up and try again. But as far as like how hard it is, how difficult it is, there's a a, a a few, there's a few things that make starting a business hard. So one is you don't know what you don't know. If you're not like, no, seriously, you're like, if you're not aware of what, if you're not business savvy, Right. Like me, I, I was not business savvy. Like I had a hustle, being a hustler and a business person. Two different things. Two completely different yeah. things. I ha- I'm a hustler. 
like I had the hustle mentality. I figure out how to flip something. Like I was, mm-hmm. you, you know, like in regards to art and things like that, I was hustling in high school, making clothes and stuff for people, hustling in high school. But as far as like, what is a DBA? What is what is the difference between copywriting and um, trademark and thank things you like and that. trademarks? Yeah. So like, you don't know what you don't know. That sure. part is difficult. Yeah, I double down as well. Like I think a lot of times, like the starting the business part piece of it truly isn't isn't hard. I think like I think like 99% of people could start a business. But, yeah. but then what it boils down to is that that next piece of starting an actual successful business. Because you could, you could fly your paperwork and like have your business going nowhere. Or you could choose not to fly your paperwork and just still be operating like an underground business and still have it going nowhere. But like being able to transition that from like actually something of substance and something that like you're selling a product service that people actually want. It's like, I think that's where, that's where the beauty starts to happen. Yeah, and you also have to use discernment. So like I was saying before, you don't know what you don't know. So it is very beneficial for you to reach out to someone who has done a similar business or the exact business that you're trying to pursue to mm. like see what were their trial and errors, learn from them, take create, uh, um, um, uh, make a mentor out of them, yeah. you know? But right. I also say do it in a way that like, you're not- So they're to, not like, stealing yeah, your no, business. No, but, like, I was just about to say. Like, you know, yeah. saying, like, oh, I want to do exactly what you're doing. Like, yeah. So, yeah, you got to use discernment. Like, you, you <laughs> right, can't right. do that with everybody. That's what I was saying. Like, so those, things like that are the difficulties of business. But also, businesses are always one of two things. Either you found a void in the market. So you've, you're, you found something that the market doesn't have. You found something that no one has, has created or thought to create. Right. right. The anomaly. So either that or you're creating something that you're um, you're selling something that already exists, but trying to do it in a better way. Yeah. But unique. One of two things. Either you're doing the same thing as somebody else or you actually found a void in the market. And most businesses, they're doing similar things to other businesses. It, so exactly. you have to find ways to what sets you apart. So trying to figure out what can make you different to set you apart from that that those parts i would say i think are that's like, the hardest yeah right there because you can have it but you just don't know how to tell the people how it's different and i think you know going off of that that's one of the most challenging parts and even sometimes finding your market and you know connecting to them as you said earlier Tehran. um what mindset do you guys think is needed in addition to, you know, everything that you guys have spoken on so far, um, what do you think the mindset is or the, the tools that are needed for you to create a successful business venture? So I'll say, like, specifically on my side, like, the mindset that's needed is, like, understanding that, like, you're going into, like, war. So, like, I, I, war. I, literally, like, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. honestly, like, I see businesses like just modern day warfare. Like if you go in thinking things are gonna be sweet, people are gonna openly mm. embrace you. Right, you not the case. Brutally, <laughs> yeah. And then that that also like, and that kind of goes back to like setting those expectations. Like you think like you think things are gonna go well, people are gonna buy. It's gonna be great. Yeah, you're a lot of times. A lot of times, those are people that like quickly fold under pressure because mm-hmm. their expectations didn't match the reality, and they didn't mentally prepare themselves to anticipate kind of 
what it truly was going to be. Um, so I think I think that that war warrior mindset is truly necessary. Um, expect the unexpected, and like, like expecting that unexpected, expecting people to try to 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 shark you on pricing, try to copy mm-hmm. you, try to duplicate you. <laughs> expecting like just expecting the worst, so that like nothing can really shock you. Um, I and think you that, have contingency plans. Yeah, and and it creates those abilities to kind of have those those backups. So I, I think that's. That's the the mindset piece mm-hmm. that that really kind of helps me specifically. And like like I said, my way isn't for everybody. Like it, it, you gotta know what works for yourself. I know specifically right. looking at it like war helps me get through when things aren't going well. Like when you when you have bills that and things that need to be paid that you gotta figure out how to pay it, how uh, risk is gonna be made, like how how you're gonna keep certain things afloat. Like it that piece helps me. It probably won't help other people. It might fold other people. Stress them, like, right? It, it's just figuring out, like, all right, what works for me? But I'll say that that outlet works for me. I would say, from my end, uh, from my perspective, the mentality that you have to have is flexibility and endurance. Mm. So with that being said, like, a lot of these businesses, you want to go into business, it's, it's a long game. It's a long game. Like, it's a, a, it's a long process. So with that being said, especially if you want to, con- if this is a business that you want to continue for a certain amount of time to actually be able to make a profit, most businesses, they don't make a profit until what, their, their third year, you know, some never do, some never do. but yeah, so you have to understand that this is going to take a while sometimes right. and you have to stick with it. Cons- so yes, three things, actually flexibility, endurance, and consistency. Mm, consistency. So, consistency is key. Because if you're not consistent, you're literally, you'll be ready to quit every day. Yeah. You'll quit every day. And then nothing will actually get picked up off the ground. So in regards to flexibility, keep your main, like have your main goal, the ultimate goal for your business. Now, if the way that you're trying to reach this goal is starting to fall through, this is where the flexibility comes in. Find multiple different, all roads lead to Rome. Find multiple mm. different routes to get to that goal. All right, this way isn't working right now. Boom, try the next method. Right. And be open to continue, like, if it first you, like Aaliyah said, if it first you don't succeed, <laughs> dust yourself up and try right. again. Okay? Like, you get back <laughs> up and try again. You're going to get knocked down a couple of times. And just I, get up. And like, I've been just, like, throwing on some of my speakers. I think early expectations are, are truly important. I think a lot of times, like it's including me, like I experienced this, um, like even kind of post college. And I think this transfers just like in the world. Um, you gotta understand you're competing against people that have been doing certain things mm-hmm. and in certain industries for decades. Yeah. Like if you think you're gonna be able to outcompete someone who's been 40, 50 years career doing this particular thing. You better have an edge or be prepared for like the Hello pushback. The, 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 the <laughs> to come. Like they're networked, they're resourced capital-wise and other things. So like it's it it truly takes an underdog mindset, but it takes it takes grit and tenacity to to, to try to kind of com- compete with that. Like mm. I said, like when even like on the Black Fire side, we wasn't directly competing with Barnes and Nobles, but like we knew they were like the big competition, the big people on the block. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like they 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 wouldn't just like take it like say like hey like all right we're coming in we're going to be like this new hot hot flavor and like step aside like no they, 
Right. Yeah, that, that's a multi-million, I, I think a billion dollar right. companies publicly right. traded easily have the have the capital, the, the human capital, just the resources to be able to outcompete. So like I said, with that mm. level of like grit, tenacity, and expectations, I think when you have those expectations, it helps you really figure out your edge. Like what's going to make you stand out, whether it's your technology, whether it's your 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 network, it's really figuring out how can right. you compete and that yeah. edge is what's going to like push you mm. through. And mm. to tie together what me and Taran were saying, something else I think that would apply to both of us and tell me if you agree with me or not, yeah. but head over heart, head over heart, apply your emotion in the spaces where it actually matters. But for the most part, don't take shit personal. Do not take yeah. shit personal. It's all super business. important. Right. Seriously, because if you allow yourself to get, and I learned this the hard way, if you allow yourself to get so emotionally invested, every loss or quote unquote failure that you have is going to affect you so negatively that you don't even want to continue the business. And boom, now you didn't lost your business. Right. Mm. Like if you're not good, what you do isn't going to be good. So yeah, when I say you're not good, I mean mentally. If you're not no, okay. right, right. <laughs> yeah, so with that being said, don't take it. Teron tells me this all the time. It's just business. Yeah. It's just business. And it's hard to, like, comprehend that because it's like, when you're in it, it's like, damn, like, are people that ruthless? Are people really willing to do, you know, whatever to, yeah, you know, get are. people out? And, and it's true. Savagery. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say that do not have high expectations of anyone i'm still learning this expect nothing from no one and you will never be Be disappointed disappointed. i know that that's that is right so in addition to the tools and things that you guys have talked about i know in order to do this especially with business you have to be super confident and you can't you know let people see that you're even having those days where you're not feeling, you know, on 10. So how do you guys, especially early on, how were you able to remain confident or find this confidence in, you know, Black Fire and just all of your other business ventures and stand in it and truly just believe in yourself and the projects that you guys are working on? I got one, fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's real. I, I'm definitely, I more so did, I followed that. I followed that logic um, mm-hmm. earlier on in, in our business endeavors. But now my thing is everything, let everything roll off your back. At the end of the day, you are always as good as you allow yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, as you allow yourself to be. So with that being said, what you allow to affect you will affect you. Mm. Like now is this is on some this is spiritual for me specifically. Like certain things you have to really like ask yourself, why is this affecting me? Why mm. did I allow this energy to affect me? So as far as keeping confidence in business, if you love what you're doing, you'll be fine. That's just yeah. you forget what everyone else is saying, forget right. what everyone else is doing. If they are giving you sound advice, don't get me wrong. Don't become disillusioned in your own mind. Like, oh, everything <laughs> is roses, you know? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> everything is, right. Uh, There's no problem. And be happy. Like, no. Okay. <laughs> so um, don't become disillusioned. Like, right. definitely take in the constructive criticism 
um, and be open to it. But just understand that the worst that can happen is that your business fails and you can do it again. Yeah, and I'll say too, like, I, I think I think a lot of business owners, it almost kind of goes to like that outside house, but like in your house ordeal as well. Like in your house, you could not have that confidence and you could kind of like just, just like in a sense, internally audit your company, which I think is good, reflecting your goals and other things mm-hmm. that you just do in house. Like you don't show other people, but like outside of your house, you always kind of maintain that image of like, like like we're 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 moving forward. We're 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 kind of pushing this this through. Mm. I think that's okay. Like to be able to audit it and like not have those confidence, like I said, behind doors and just be right. have those kind of transparencies, whether with yourself or with other people. But when you when you step out, kind of like put back on the, on battleground, you, you you put you put your army back on and you mm-hmm. push forward. In regards to the businesses that you're conducting, give yourself grace. Mm. Look at what like. Usually what gets people down, knocks their confidence down is looking at other people's success Mm. and, oh, well, dang, me and him are in the same business. We started around the same time, but he's so much further than me. Everybody's on a different clock. You cannot put yourself on a race against somebody else's clock. So you're only competing with yourself. So with that being said, Take a step back, put on some blinders and look at, look at what you've already done. You know, look at the things that you can count as blessings. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're moving at the pace that you're supposed to move at, at the time that you're supposed to be doing it. You know, look at what, like, wow, you got your DBA. You, you got your, your, your business certificate. That's a big deal. Wow. Mm -hmm. You got it copywritten. That's a big deal. Oh, but Jamal just signed a deal with so-and-so to get $100,000 invested into his business. Okay, that's great for Jamal. But what does that have to do with you? Mm. Don't let these other people's success affect you because a lot of the time it is perception versus reality. That, yeah, and there's a lot of conversation about that. You know, a lot of people say that with social media and things, you know, that's one of the main sources where people are looking at other people and comparing themselves and things like that. So absolutely looking at social media, like I know you've been seeing this because a whole bunch of Buff Safe students have been doing this. So many people have been going specifically to Cancun. Everybody is in Mexico. (laughs) Everybody, we outside, like, you know? Everyone Please stay is inside, out. people. Not no, there. seriously. Mm-hmm. Everyone's out. One of two things that you're seeing the most of on social media. Everyone's outside, as in like going, like traveling. Right. And they're eating a lot more seafood, like the higher end meals and steaks and all this stuff, like the crab leg binge and all that. <laughs> but you notice the fluctuation in time of this. These are happening around the same times that people got their stimmies. <laughs> so... You know, put two and two together. <laughs> that's the only like, reason why they're eating that's good. That's real. That's so oh. real, though. This is like peak perception versus reality. You are out here blowing that skinny <laughs> check on a quote-unquote good life for a week. And then you come back home. What does your life look right. like Right. What are you really eating? No, for real. Like, you eating yeah. ramen. <laughs> no, ramen good, though. <laughs> I, I ain't going to say all of that. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
We've had this conversation. Uh, you know you agree with me. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> throw this on. She, she thinks you're capping for the people. Like, like, <laughs> like, I will say there are a lot of, there, there are definitely a lot of ways to kind of like, Talking to our college like, students. Be like, out here traveling. Yeah, I, I, like it, I mean, I was traveling. You got, you got credit. You got a lot of. You got a lot of money that's circulating right now. Oh, I see, think, but even I credit think, cards. That's another I, thing. I that's not your money. I hear you. Like it's. <laughs> but I think. I think at the end of the day, it's just like really you. You. We all determine kind of like what our futures are going to hold and what right. we want our futures to look and like. what we allow and people like to what, see in that. And what we allow people to see in that, and like just, just kind of that's that's how it is. So like. You could see some people living up in the short term, but that might not have long term yield. And you know what? Right. Them, that could be that could be all right. That's that, what I'm no, saying. No, though. I, I know, Perception I, versus yeah, reality. Yeah, but like that could be good. Like that, like maybe like that cycle could work. But like truly understand like what works for you and like what you want. Like, like what you want your life to look like will yeah, look what like. You, what you want your life to look like. Like I think there's a way to have fun, but like still, ten years down the line to be like have a plan in a better yeah. place. Um, like whether financially, mentally, emotionally, like there's like a full, there's a full spectrum with it, but it's just defining that for yourself and being honest and real with that for yourself and just kind of moving forward. So, but overall between what me, what Teron said, and what I said is ultimately culminating to um, perception versus reality. Definitely. Don't create, don't judge your life based off of what you see somebody else doing because you have no idea what their life is really right like. and what they're going that's through that's what i'm saying and like and you're looking at it through the gaze of what you think success is based off of what they're showing you what they're allowing you to see in their life you don't know the nitty-gritty that's what i've been saying you know speaking about you know reality versus perception and i know we talked about confidence a little bit have you guys ever especially in the beginning experienced um imposter syndrome especially um just when you had to pitch these ideas and you know you're going to through uh different vendors and stuff how did you navigate through that if that's something that you guys experienced especially being young and you know taking on such a huge business venture forgive me but i'm still somewhat new to the concept of what imposter syndrome is from what I understand, and tell me if I'm wrong, imposter syndrome is feeling like like you're not supposed to be here, right? Like in the room type of thing, or just like you don't belong in, in, you know, in the space. Um, I guess an example yeah. would be, I don't know, maybe not feeling good enough to be in the room or maybe just feeling like, whoa, like I don't kind of fit in. So it's like I kind of feel out of place, I guess, you know? Oh. I can actually I can speak to that sense. I I won't say I necessarily really felt that more so with Black Fire, mm-hmm. but I think just earlier in my networking days in Buffalo, it was something I had to like quickly overcome. And like I'll give examples. It was really in Buffalo at like a lot of the business first, which is the business kind of trade um journal in Buffalo. They have like kind of networking events, mix and mingles and like mm-hmm. I attend. And really a lot of times what I would see is just wealthier old white men. Um and right. most of the time, like in these in these events, I would be the only black person there. Like period. Like 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 that's it. And what I quickly realized is just that if I wouldn't start the conversation with them, the conversation would never happen. Mm. Because the perspective would just be there that like we had the resources. There's nothing that you could kind of really add to the table for me. So like, I don't need to start that conversation with you. Mm. Um, and then 
which quickly after a few just just jumping in into like just trying to start conversations, I just I I, I guess the best way to say it is I just like stop caring like but like if I really want to like say what I like like I'm trying to say is just you just stop giving a fuck like like it's just yeah you just reach that point where it's kind of like you lose nothing by getting a no someone gave right. you a no it's the equivalent of if you never open that conversation but mm. to get that one yes or to get that one opportunity that made those 10 to like 50 or to even 100 no's worth it worth it right um so so like really seeing it through that lens of like, all right, you could, and two, I see a lot of times people, they almost, they self shoot themselves in the foot, like spies, like kind of thinking like, all right, like, like I have nothing to offer. So I'm not even gonna start this conversation. Like I, I think the best way to really go about it is like putting on those blinders and just, and just shooting your shot and just trying mm-hmm. to shoot as much of your shot as possible. Cause then like you, like the law, they call it the law of big numbers. Like it works in your favor. Like, all right, the more people you ask, the more likely you are to get that one yes. If you only right. ask one, two, you get those two no's and you, and you stop. That's it. But it's the equivalent. Like it's still the same as if you like kind of like never ask anybody. Right. Like, all right, you ask 10, 20, like you you put yourself. You're in getting yourself out there. So I'll say that that's from my perspective. I really realized that out in Buffalo kind of relatively quickly. And it's kind of it's it's worked in my favor of just like not caring anymore like all right like you're in a bad conversation you just lead the bad conversation like like mm. just, again it goes back to just not taking anything personal it's kind of like no nah, this is just business like all right i have nothing i can offer you have nothing to offer me you might <laughs> have some time, but it is what it is like you yeah. push on to the next person <laughs> i want to bounce off of that like really quick um and then i'll go to you nubia how do you um because i've experienced you know the same thing to be honest yeah um you know networking and kind of finding it a little challenging, um, not even being in the spaces, but it's just, I don't know, how do you insert yourself into conversations sometimes? It it could seem like a little, not really intimidating, but a little awkward to do. And I don't know, what what tips would you give um, for new people? I mean, it's not like we're going to be networking in person anytime soon. I mean, maybe we will, but, you know, what tips would you have for, the people out there that are new to networking and stuff like that, like to network effectively? So I'll say really on my side, it's kind of, it. it's, it's twofolds to it. So particularly in an in-person setting, um, if you are in an in-person setting, mm-hmm. truly just like, it's, it's crazy to seem just walking up just with like a high, like, like a lot of times you just, a high and a hand extended. Like it, uh, it, uh, it, uh, neutralize a lot of people are, even if they're like a little bit like just concerned or just off putting about you, they'll, they'll shake your hand. And if you could, if a lot of times it's, it's bringing out those barriers. So like it goes mm-hmm. back to again, like everyone has their bias, their preconceived notions. Right. Like I know particularly with me, it's kind of like, all right, I'm told, I'm told I'm black man. Like automatically I'm, I'm deemed as a threat. I understand that Right. it is what it is. But when I when I approach someone and like I approach with a, a smile and I and like uh, my teeth high and like a hand extend a lot of times that could like put those guards down mm. and then being able to like actually follow up and be able to talk the jargon in a certain industry that's kind of like oh it's all all you're doing is kind of like decreasing those barriers and like potentially kind of making connections on that side. Now I'll say in this new COVID time, while people aren't networking in person, I think the the best way to really go about it is trying to approach it from like a mentorship standpoint. 
Right. A lot of people, they really do like, like industry, whether they're, they're veterans or they've been in certain industries for some time, like they, they like people to kind of reach out in, in a, in a mentee kind of capacity, whether like mm-hmm. through LinkedIn, like LinkedIn is actually a, a great resource for just like sending emails to people and saying like, Hey, I see that you do X, Y, and Z. I'm interested in kind of getting into the space. Or if you want to get specific, you can, but just saying like, if you have like five minutes to just, just have a conversation, right. you'll be oh so surprised how many people are, are willing to just kind of extend that time. Cause everyone. Yeah, I do agree. At, as everyone has been at certain places. Um, so I think that's, that's the best way to kind of go about it in this kind of COVID time. But I think a little bit of both really, really a working, working favor. And I'll say too, like what's really worked for me is going straight to like the top, like decision makers. I think a lot of people, it goes back yeah. to that fear. Like they're going to the middle people. Are they going to the people that have, and it, it applies even with social media. Like you're going to the people that like have X millions of like what you call it, but like that might not be the actual like decision maker that like truly, truly makes those decisions. Making so moves, like, right. Yeah, so like I, I go, I, I look for the, the, the head and I go straight to them because it, it, they, they say it's kind of like it's a shallow pool at the top and you might not get a response, but that response you do get, that person remembers and could open much more doors, much more faster than cut down your time and just learning curve mm. for certain things much faster than like if you was going through mid people that like still are trying to get up to a certain point. So I say start at the right. and work your way down. Um, so that's kind of, that. that's really how I, how I kind of just like network. So I'm going to talk about both imposter syndrome as well as the networking. Yeah. So me personally, I don't think I, I, I could be corrected, but I don't think that I've experienced imposter syndrome feeling like I shouldn't necessarily be anywhere or, um, or don't deserve to be anywhere. For me, it was always more so when I got to new places that I didn't expect. Oh, yeah. When I got to new places in life and in business, it was like happy to be here but also shocked to be here, but happy to be here. <laughs> like, so if that shocked element is a part of imposter syndrome, okay. But I it's more so. so like, I wasn't expecting to get here, but no, I'm happy here. I'm here. And yeah. now that I'm in the room, I'm gonna make myself known, mm-hmm. you know? And um, in regards to networking, recently, Tehran actually like made me realize this. You have to figure out who, you are like how do you communicate when and where do you shine Mm. and use that to your advantage me i'm not the biggest fan of the whole all right you get in your suit you get on your heels or for y'all your shoes like whatever you whatever shoe wear you wear (laughs) yeah and just going to these places and just walking up to people cold turkey hi, I do graphic design. Like, I've never been a fan of that. I can do it, but I hate it. I've never been a fan of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would, yeah, I would say for me personally, anyone who's like an ambivert or an extrovert, like who's not afraid to like get your personality out there. And even with introverts, I'll say this too. Just think of common things or or think of something that can be a conversation starter. So, (laughs) From the woman perspective, I'm a cisgender woman, right? So I am in a room full of, let's say I'm in a room full of business women or, or even men. Like I'll mm-hmm. find an article of clothing, walk up to a person, you know, I really like those shoes. 
Take where'd you get them from? Just something to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because in those networking events, there's a bunch of people already walking up, getting in their face, talking about business, business, business. Right, try to find right. In my mind, like try to find something completely different. And then take it like figure out like how you can navigate to, you know, I also I I do do this, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I love the design of your shoes. You know, I actually I've played with shoe design in my past, you know, like figure out something or even if the it's connections, like, right? yeah, the connection, if, say it's like a cocktail party, and you're eating the same food. What do you think about this chicken? Like, I don't know, just something, <laughs> something. Yeah, I yeah. Add, I add like one last piece in as well. Like even yeah, of course. I like just quickly realize that like a lot of, a lot of the times is in these events, you'll, you'll quickly see that a good amount of people in those rooms are like they're the imposters. Like, oh yeah, the amount of work that you have to to put in to be in that room compared to others that probably had like a dad that put them in that room. Like, yeah, they've that already had resources and other things. Yeah, like, you already have an edge by being there. I think a lot of times too, they could feel it. They could be like, wait, hold on. The fact that you're mm-hmm. in that room, they know that there's some sort of like whether information or something. Like- Something Your dad special. didn't get you here. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta run. <laughs> so I think thinking of it like that just helps you just like move through that room with like a level of confidence. Understand like, yeah, like you're one of the people that had to work to be here. Mm. Um, good. That's God, true. Yes. Yeah. Good shit, baby. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. You have every right to be in whatever room that anybody is in. Exactly. Period. And if you do have, if you do go through imposter syndrome, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, if you truly believe you you don't deserve to be in that room, why? And the whatever that answer is, where is that rooted in? And then think about, okay, why are these other people there? And like, no, why are they really there? Like what Teron just said. <laughs> right. Trying to make it to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely never be afraid to do, like, you're always going to know at least some of the people that are going to be in these either Zoom networking opportunities or in-person networking right. opportunities. Do your diligence. Do a little bit of research, research on their right. background. If you see that they come from, like, the family that founded Tops or something, okay, now you know they not, Tops was founded in, what, the 30s? So this is money passed <laughs> Long, down. Right. Your family knows these people. Um, your family um introduced you to multiple people that put you in multiple rooms that allowed you to get you to this point. All right. But and then there's you. Yeah. Where you bust your ass. You actually have the talent. You actually have the um the education. And the you skill. got there. Right. Exactly. You're supposed to be there. So yeah, good good point out. Thank you. Exactly. I love that. So just wanting to switch gears just a little bit and talk more about the creative side of things in, in business and stuff like that. You know, a lot of things with creatives, it's deemed as, you know, non-essential, you know, jobs and, and things like that. I remember seeing an article and it was actually listing, um, you know, the non-essential jobs and being an artist and things like that was one of the top like five out of the 10 and it's crazy because one of them was saying um like painting or something like that but then they had a, a 
painted something like in the article and I was just like, it's crazy how this stuff is utilized, <laughs> but you're saying it's that it's not essential. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just crazy. But um, when it comes to being a creative in business, how do you stand your ground and not get in and not get um, taken advantage of? Um, I'm going to use the example of I don't know if you guys heard the story about the intern who worked for Spotify. It was a girl and um, she created what we now see is the charts. The story was trending all over Twitter. And, um, you know, the charts that you see, I'm not sure if you guys use uh, Spotify, but it says Spotify. like, you know, but which charts? It's the charts that say, um, you know, how much you've listened to the artist and it shows you like oh, at the yes, end of the I year. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So during her internship, she created it. And um, she on Twitter, they were saying that she wasn't hired to work at Spotify. And basically that Spotify stole her idea. And, you know, she's just had to move on in her life and do something else. So my question is, how do you, I don't know, create stuff, stand your ground and still okay. get credit for it. Was that a struggle that you've had at any point? I think it's it depends on what specific field you're in in the creative world when you have to deal with situations like that. But first and foremost, before I get into like the legalities, mm -hmm. I, let me say this. Them saying that it's not an, a, an essential job being an artist. Art is what literally brings flavor to life. Exactly. Art is what makes life worth living music, television, the visuals, mm -hmm. aesthetic, logos. So I want you to picture a world where everything just has nothing but a white label that says in black letters, very bland font, what it is. You walk into, you see a grocery store, this a gray store on the outside, black letters. <laughs> it doesn't even have a name, just groceries. <laughs> You walk in, there's yeah. no color. You see white bags. It just says chips. <laughs> you see bottles, white label. It just says water. <laughs> what kind of life is that to live? Right. You need the, the colors. You need the, the logos, the different names. Mm -hmm. All of that, is, the commercials, all of that is creativity. You know, all of that is art. Now, in regards to protecting yourself, standing up for yourself and getting credit for your work, I am, I'm glad that I haven't had the opportunity to go through something like this. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that, at least where I am right now. Yeah. But for artists that do, always, always, always read what you are signing. Uh with these companies like Spotify and even the um, even non-national companies, like read your contracts because some of the, a, a lot of the time, what you're signing states that whatever you create while interning here or whatever you create while you are working here will now become the property of said company. Uh, right. So you have to be open and willing to, you have to be, uh, uh, you have to understand that. And you have to decide whether or not that's something that you can deal with or, or you can negotiate. People are, they don't read. They automatically go to, let me just sign this. 
you can mm. negotiate whatever contract and you can have it. So if I write, if I create, if I take a picture of, if I create some artwork, whatever, you can put it in your contract of negotiation that if I do this, I get at least 5% equity from this. Or mm. if I do this, it is still my sole property. You are just leasing it from me. Something. Mm. You can always negotiate that. So be careful what you're signing. And don't be afraid. Okay, you have those situations like what happened with the girl at Spotify. That is, that's a ter- that's terrible. That's yeah. awful. And look how big of a deal it is now. It's That's one of the things that people look forward to at the end of the year, the Spotify wrap up. Right. You know, but... it's a letdown it's beautiful that the story is trending now so that people can be put on game to what happened to this girl but you know what it happened there's nothing that you can do about it now like you might be able to go to court and sue but you probably won't win simply because because of of what you signed so with that being said take a little bit of salt with the sugar the sugar of the the salt is that sucked what happened with spotify and that woman it sucked but the sugar is you realize you have a dope enough mind to create something like that. You can do it again. Mm, right. You can do it again. Now that you can dead ass become their competition. Yeah. <laughs> if, you really, <laughs> if you really wanted to. Right. But um, that's another thing. If you uh, signed a non-compete clause, that's different. But like, right. be careful on what you're signing. There's also, you know, with... Um a lot of creatives and a lot of people say, oh, um, exposure, 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 exposure. Everything is exposure. Um, And everyone's like, oh, if you do this, the exposure is great, but it's not, it's like never paid. It's always saying, oh, if you do this, it'll look great and all of these different things. And it's just such a a challenge that that's even the mindset that people have. Like, I understand it, I guess, in at least... I guess the entertainment industry, I guess they see it as paying your dues and stuff, but, and it works for some people who have the privilege, but it's like, you know, for some people, they don't have the resources. So when they do get something like Spotify or Apple or whatever the case is, they're automatically going to sign because if you don't, they'll probably just give it to someone else. And then your opportunity is kind of, you know, gone, um, you know, as it may seem. So it's just, it's such a, challenging situation especially because you know the bills are not accepting exposure you know as payment for real. you know for real for real yeah especially yeah. as we get older um you know college graduates you know the student loans have to be paid we want a life for ourselves we want a place to live you know the essentials to live you know you can't have because of exposure with that being said you have to understand what you truly have to understand what you're willing to do and not do mm-hmm. like period you have to really understand what you're willing to do and not do so in situations like that in regards to exposure versus income right that's that's what yeah. this conversation is so exposure if you you can get exposure okay there's many different ways to get exposure you can get exposure and not have that doesn't have any monetary value in the beginning. If you're down for the long game, exposure can take you very far. Like Mr. Hotspot, (laughs) you know, like he he was just making these videos randomly and then out of nowhere, he's endorsing rap snacks. Like, you know, 
So it can get you far if you're willing to play the long game. But in regards to like, I, I'll give it, I, I like using musicians as the example for this. So artists, musicians, signing with these labels, right? They, these giant labels like Arista Records and Atlantic Records, right. they've been around some for a hundred years. They have the resources, the money to show you literally to the world in regards to exposure. Right. But then it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the price for your soul? Like they're taking more money out of it. You're not making as much as you could be. So like you could, yeah, yeah, you could become a, a mega millionaire well, no, you can become this big old artist, kind of like TLC. TLC blew up. You know the TLC story. Yeah. They blew up, but they were broke. That's they crazy. were broke at one point. So with that being said, you, again, look at your contracts. Yeah. <laughs> but with that being said, you have the situations, you have the anomalies like Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper, we all know who that is, right? Chance the Rapper mm -hmm. is an independent artist. He is not signed right. to anyone. anyone. He made it through SoundCloud. Exactly. How often do you hear that? But like, it shows that it's possible. He has control over all of his masters, all of his royalties. So Amazing. you, but I'm pretty sure it took him a long time to do that. So either way, it's the long game. You mm -hmm. have to be willing to play. You have to be willing to, you have to figure out what kind of exposure do you really want? exposure that is going to bring you money right away but it's going to be lacking somewhere else or exposure where it's going to bring you notoriety and money later mm. what advice would you give to those who are looking to start a business write that book or bring whatever dream they have alive i'd say just really along the lines of like just, just doing like doing your homework like do mm. do your homework like a lot of in, a, in the age we're in right now, most things should be discovered online. Don't get me wrong, there's a good amount that can't. But I think in the process of the of you doing your thorough homework, mm -hmm. it's going to help you discover a lot of potential things that could like enhance what you're trying to do or take away from it. But you'll just be more prepared. Again, again it, I see it all as, as business is warfare. And in warfare, it's I, this quote actually comes from the art of war is that like you know yourself and you know your enemy like you'll win you'll win a war like every war and i think a lot of the times it's just understanding your limitations and what you can bring to the table mm -hmm. also just understanding what's in the marketplace their limitations and what they can bring to the table and trying to truly figure out if you could carve yourself a big enough pot in there to be able to compensate yourself. I think too, a lot of people, they start off businesses and they're not thinking like, am I creating something that could, that could sustain me? Like, am I, mm -hmm. like, like, is, am I creating like a temporarily just hustle or just generational or just, wealth? I, I'll be, or am I creating something that, that could, pay me a, a salary out of it that can actually pay my health care out of it. And I think right. that's these are true things that have to be have to be thought about. Like I'm I'm a little different along the lines of like I'm not a I'm not a business person for passion. Um and I think there, there there's room there's definitely a place for that. I'm more of a like do the numbers make sense on paper? Cause at the end of the day, like you're looking at any lender, a financer, a backer, like you you're trying to get anything off the ground and you need capital to make mm -hmm. it move unless you have great credit or you got 
friends and families that's going to throw money at you. These are the things right. that they're going to look at as well. And if your opportunity shows that it could be big enough to support yourself and to be able to, to, to produce cash for like an investor or for a loan, then, then you have something that's, that's truly kind of real and beautiful. So I think, but again, this, this comes out in research. Like right. you throw research of like what's out there in like of, of your business, creating solid assumptions. And a lot of times you could, it, it'll help you realize before you even get started, like, yeah, this business doesn't make sense. Like, all right, I'm about to put, I'm about to put 60, 70 hours into something that's only going to yield me 10,000 for the year. Mm-hmm. I could have just got a salary job that's, that, <laughs> that, that, that I'm putting 40 hours in. No, truth, yeah. truthfully. Yeah, and yeah. see if it does. But on the flip, like, all right, if this business, I'm putting 80 hours a week into it and like I'm yielding a hundred or like 150 or like a million, then it's kind of like, oh, hold on. Right. Now it makes more sense for me to pursue this in the temporary, create systems that like it could produce well past like I'm gone and, and, and done with it. Then then it makes sense. So really doing that homework helps you weigh out if it truly makes sense. Have you missed any like key expenses, like whether through filings or like the certain things you had to kind of do that could throw off your numbers. I think that it just makes it makes the process simpler just because like i said you're truly knowing yourself you're knowing what's really going on out there that's going to give you an edge my advice would be do not to sound so cliche but do what you love seriously do what you love and if what you love can't sustain yourself right now do what you have to do in order to do what you love Mm. later that's what I would say. So, like, yeah. basically keeping your mind on the ultimate goal. Right. Keeping your mind on the ultimate goal. And like what I was saying earlier, flexibility, endurance, and consistency. Right. Don't be afraid to change the plan. There's many different ways to get to the same destination. So, like, me. Am I in the job that, like, am I in my dream job? No. <laughs> like, but, okay, think about what success is to you and what you want in life. A lot of people, like, they have a hard time, like, figuring out what, like, writing it on paper, what is your ultimate goal, or at Mm. least milestone goals, figure out what those are, and then put into play what you have to do in order to reach that. So do what you love, or do what you have to do until you you want to do do what you love. Yes. Uh, I love that. So we are winding down, but is there anything else that you guys want to add? specifically this is for like the future entrepreneurs people that just don't know if you want to start a business you just don't know like what to start or like what's mm-hmm. out there i think the best way to gain exposure truth truthfully is just like by reading like just news mm-hmm. um, particularly like business news so like one of the originally like when i left buffalo state immediately i realized i had no idea what was going on in buffalo on the business standpoint and then mm-hmm. i got uh, the business newspaper that came weekly and then it took months, but eventually I was able to have small talk of what's going on, like actually be aware of what's going on in the community. And mm-hmm. then I kind of just graduated myself up to the Wall Street Journal. They're like, educate you every single day of what's going on on a larger grand scale. Oh. A lot of times that could just make your eyes start seeing opportunity that you probably would have never seen, never been exposed to before. So I'll, I'll say, and it's that it doesn't have to be a business. It's in whatever venture you're doing, but like read those trade journals. Read them. Like these places have, they have magazines. Like read those magazines. Like if you're interested in that industry, you will find other vendors. You will find opportunities. And even if you don't see it at first, by being exposed to it, it'll it will eventually come if you remain 
curious and mm. follow up on that curiosity. Something that Tehran made me realize is no matter what business venture you want to do, you the, the numbers have to make sense. Mm. So one day, like I had this idea and I, I do plan on still going through with that at some point, but I had this idea and Tehran was like, okay, well, let's figure out how much you need in life to live a comfortable life anyway, like for at least for a year, mm-hmm. right? So he put down on paper, all right, let's just say you need to at least have $50,000 a year to live the, the, a comfortable life for you. So he broke the numbers down for what I wanted to do in Excel. It was like, all right, in order to create this amount, you would have to sell this at a minimum of this amount and um, sell it to this many people during this amount of time. I was like, huh, mm. it makes it more real. Right. So put the numbers on paper and make it make sense for you. Yeah. And then you're honest with yourself too, because you're seeing uh-huh. everything in front of you. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, let the people know where they can find you. And if there's anything that you want to plug, plug it. Um, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, my name is Grant at Tarai, I think underscore. It's a little dry, but I guess the job done. Wait, if you're interested, I think follow you me. butchered that. Wait a minute. No, I think your at name is <laughs> Mr. Grant underscore. We're going to tag it in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm trying to think what do I want to promote out here in these streets. Listen, um, but let the people know about your book, number one. I do a lot. It's not even just the book. So, yes, The Cure is in the Kitchen, Recipes for the Textured Scalp. It's basically the concept of if you can't eat it, then why are you putting it in your hair? Mm. So, everything is literally from the kitchen. And if you want to find that, you can um, go to either, I would say go to my Instagram first because I have not purchased the name for my Wix site yet. <laughs> it is just like da-da-da-da-da.wixsite.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, you yeah, know, just, you can go to my personal page at, at that underscore Nubia Hill. So T-H-A-T underscore N-U-B-I-A-H-I-L-L. That Nubia Hill. That's how I say it in my head. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And for graphic design, at Nubia underscore the creative. And oh, for those of you interested in spirituality, I am the marketing manager for the House of Indigo on Instagram, mm. where they give astrological and tarot readings. So yeah. Awesome. So make sure you guys go and show Nubia and Tehran so much love. Make sure you guys go follow them and support them. This is such a dope conversation. So thank you again for joining today's conversation. Hope that you guys enjoy it and stick around because we're about to get into some popping topics and so much more. It's time for popping topics. So this week, Kim Kardashian is pleading with the judge to legally make her single. So according to documents obtained by TMZ, Kim says that, you know, I quote, I very much deserve to be divorced. At this point, it's clear that Kim just wants to move on and co-parent and Kanye really isn't allowing her to do that. He's been posting private messages between the two, threatening Pete to the point where the man deleted his Instagram and it's just been a lot. 
Um, also in the documents, Kim says that she's been, you know, emotionally distressed due to all of this happening. Um, and I can only imagine because I'm a bystander and I'm feeling like emotionally distressed just seeing everything happen. It's a lot seeing every day something new with Kanye up and down my timeline. Like it's a, it's a lot. Um, and it's kind of weird because it's like he was in a relationship as well. So how are you in a whole relationship kissing up on this lady and then you're mad at her for being with, you know, Pete Davidson? Like, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but it is what it is. Um, it, it's crazy, you know? Every time, like, I think about it, I'm just like, it's so scary that, you know, w with marriage, you, you have to like beg the judge or like even that the judge gets to determine whether you can be single or not or grant you the permission to be free um it's such a mind-boggling thing to me like what if you don't have the financial like privilege to like stay like so many people are in like terrible situations and can't leave um and it's just man it really opens your eyes up to that but uh, it's it's crazy. The only thing with this whole situation, I just hope that the best decision is made for the kids because dragging them into this just makes it a whole so much worse than just, you know, seeing this whole situation and especially as they grow older, like it's crazy. Nisi Nash and her wife, Jessica Betts, makes Essence magazine history. They are the first same-sex couple to grace the cover of Essence. They're a beautiful couple, and it really goes to show you that, like, you never know who could be the love of your life. Um, so shout out to them. It's a beautiful cover, and um, yeah, it's really, really dope. Uh, this next story makes me so sad. It's been announced that the Wendy Williams show will be ending after 14 seasons and Sherry Shepard will be premiering her own show in September, taking Wendy's time slot. Um, uh, man, it is such a great loss. Um, for me personally, like as a Wendy watcher and a journalist, um, you know, that is kind of focused in entertainment because it's like, she is truly like the queen of entertainment and um oh man i can only hope that she returns to her show i know that she's healing and she's taking that time um but i hope that she's able to just return just to close out just properly you know and receive the flowers that she truly deserves um we're tired of seeing the other guests we understand that she's healing but we want her to have a proper ending you know so I'm hoping that she gets better soon and that she does bigger and better things I think that she should do a podcast um I see a lot of people saying that as well I know that she would be amazing and she would have the freedom to talk about so many different things and it would just be a good time so I definitely think that would be great. And she could be in her house if she really needs to, like, you know, recover um, still and, you know, not be in her feet. So I definitely think that she should do that. And I know that um, she was talking about having, like, a, a partnership of Lifetime, the network that put out her documentary and the movies. So maybe she'll be working on, you know, new projects in the future. So... I definitely don't feel like this is the end. Maybe this is just the end of a chapter and 
you know, time for new beginnings as, you know, for everybody else. Um, that's all the time that we have for today's Poppin' Topics. And now it's time for Jay Recommends. So this week, my shows and series of choice has been Starstruck on HBO Max. It follows this main character named Rose. She has a one night stand with a guy who she finds out is a famous actor. Um, I personally really enjoyed the series. It's based in London and it's a really just like lighthearted romantic comedy full of some really funny moments. It's an easy watch. Each episode is like, I'm going to say like 20 to 25 minutes. So it's very digestible. And um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I was able to binge it in like one night. Um, I think it was like six episodes or something, but it was definitely like a good watch. I did enjoy it. My next must watch is K Michelle's My Killer Body. This show is like, oh my God, it's really good actually. Um, K Michelle is the host of the show and each episode focuses on two people who had complications with cosmetic surgery whether it was, you know, illegal um, butt shots with, like, silicone or what they thought would be silicone, um, which is, oh, man, uh, such a tough situation. Um, so they're, like, removing it and, like, reconstructing and doing, you know, a lot of that stuff. And uh, it is, man, this series really just touches on the dangers of, you know, plastic surgery and really makes you aware of so much and what can really go wrong, even for something that looks so simple, you know. Uh, the series reminds me of Botched, but it's just way more realer and way more graphic and at the same time in, in, insightful as well, especially in an age now where people are running left and right, you know, young women and men. Um, looking to get cosmetic surgery so it just really shows you the importance of doing your research the importance of asking questions following your gut and just so much because your life can truly truly depend on it so I'm enjoying it as I said it's extremely graphic but um, it's definitely a good watch and again insightful so that's what I've been watching this week let me know what you guys have been watching have, have you guys checked out any of these shows do you like it let me know what you guys think and um if you haven't checked these shows out check it out let me know what you guys think um yeah and that's what jay recommends now it's time for ask jay so today we have one question it says hey jay i'm a creative who started a t-shirt brand my question is how do i stand out and grow my business Oh man, you know, just like Tarana Nubia said, research, research is the key, as well as just consistency, putting that time in, and watching other maybe t-shirt brands and seeing how they're doing things and try not to do those things and have your own mission statement and, you know, all of these things that kind of help you stand out. And of course, utilize social media, make some TikToks, just, you know, Try your best to have fun with the experience, recruit some people and try to, you know, have fun with just every part of it. And I think it would be great, you know, as, you know, just those things as well as the research, research, research and just knowing your audience and who you're actually making these T-shirts for and who your brand is for, who you're representing and, you know, all of those things. And I think as you continue to do it, everything will definitely come together and you'll be fine so congratulations to you and your t-shirt brand i know you'll be great and you'll be successful and you know thank you for your question 
that's all we have for today and I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen and for supporting and showing so much love. Um, and also, tomorrow is our one-year anniversary of the J Word, which is so crazy. It has been such a journey, ups and downs. Oh my gosh, the highs and lows have been real. But I'm so thankful to each and every one of you that take the time to listen and to support and show so much love. It really means the world to me. Um, don't forget to um, check out the Spotify playlist. There's one associated with every episode. Just of some, you know, good, feel-good music, you know, just a good time associated with um, each episode as well. So make sure that you guys check it out. And before I leave, I just want to leave you guys with this. To succeed, jump as quickly at opportunities as you do conclusions. Benjamin Franklin. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the J Word Podcast. To keep up with the latest, follow the J Word on Twitter and Instagram at the J Word underscore. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review.